What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good for the win. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible! <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What up, everybody, and welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your conference championship betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Stuck. What's going on, man? I was just talking to you off air about you had the Bills future. I had the Bills. I was pretty heavy on the Bills. Uh, That was uh, still hurting a little bit from that game. Yeah, I could have won a lot of money. The Bills won the Super Bowl. my only future. Just a gut punch. In typical fashion, just that we – another lose in overtime. I think I won at one and nine <laughs> in overtime this year, all with underdogs. Yeah, I thought maybe because we didn't win the coin toss. Every other underdog that I've had, even four, four or five-point underdogs, they, they don't win the – they win the coin toss and then don't cover. But, yeah, I call, I called every play at the end, which is really unfortunate. And I, I, it, me drunk from a bar can do this. I said squib it right after they scored a touchdown. I didn't even celebrate. I said squib the kick. There's 13 seconds left. I also said when Tyreek Hill scored, I said, fine, that is great. Like the, the yeah. worst case scenario would have been them scoring with like 12 seconds left. Bills get the ball, they get it and they score. And then I said, squib it. And then I said, don't play too soft. Like don't get, and then they did. And then they called timeout and I say, they're going to go to Kelsey for 25 up the seam. They went to Kelsey up 25 up the seam. And then of course lose a coin toss. Just brutal. I mean, a way to lose 14 to one in a game where the Chiefs were 20 to one before the final kickoff. And there were so many things you could have done. Uh, they were literally 20 to one on the money line. So many things you could have done to end that game. You could have tackled everyone, could have held everyone, could have squibbed it. You could have done m- many, many different things to try and end that game. And, and they didn't, none of them. And by the way, it was the first game, an incredible game. I mean, obviously I, I lost a lot of potential money and it was another overtime cup punch. We'll win, we'll win overtime games in 2023, I promise. But a first game in NFL history where uh, you had a quarterback who passed for at least 325 yards through at least three touchdowns and no interceptions and rushed for 60 yards. Patrick Williams is the first quarterback in NFL history to do that. Oh wait, Josh Allen was also, it was the first two quarterbacks in NFL history to do it and that happened in the same game. So yeah, that was brutal, but what are you going to do? Do you think this is affecting them? Because I've noticed this now with a few teams, like, do you think some of these interviews for the coordinators are affecting them? Because like, for me, it was like Leslie, Leslie Frazier really kind of fucked up at the end because you rushed four uh, on that play to Kelsey up to seam. Normally, you rush three in that situation. So it's like it just seemed like one of those things where they were playing like this normal defense where they shouldn't have been. Like, I, and, and I thought Dable's game plan, and I know he interviewed with Joe Shane on, on, I think, like Saturday or something. I didn't think Dable's game plan was great either. I mean, that was all Josh Allen just willing them back at the end. So, I mean, what do you think of – is that is that having any effect or is it just – these coaches are shitting in bed. Coordinators, I should say. I mean, it could. You know, it's hard, yeah. it's hard to say. It depends on how much time they're taking that week. Like, is it a quick, like, let me get on a uh, a Zoom call for a half hour, an hour, and just shoot the shit and see how I get along with someone? Or are they like, is there a couple meetings? And is it distracting them in their head? I, it all comes down to how much time you're taking away from preparation. Because every minute, every minute does count in these big playoffs. 
playoff games. You can use that extra hour to come up with some little nuance. You see something else on tape. Incredible week of games, maybe the best ever. And the Titans, the other frustrating part is a Jeff Swain doesn't get a single look. What the, what the hell? What, the Titans all throw to tight ends against uh, the Bengals? They're, Another bad game plan. Loses. Bad game plan. Sneak the ball. I don't know how I got to say this on this podcast. I, the Titans win that game if they knew how to sneak the ball. Or, or, I mean, I would have even been less upset if they just straight up handed it to Henry on the third down. And then see, like, you know what I mean? Like, same thing with the first play of the game. It's like, is it really worth like a 14-yard completion instead of getting like Henry and the crowd into it right away. You know, like if he, even if Henry had gone for like zero yards in that first play, you know, as long as he like hit somebody or somebody hit him, the crowd would have been hyped up, but instead you want to play action to get what, like, you know, 14 yards and Tannehill throws it right to the Bengals. I mean, I, I didn't like any but of that. Even, even a healthy Derrick Henry. Do you know what Derrick Henry is for his career? Most of his career has been healthy playing. He's about 78% on third and fourth and one. Yeah. Do you know what most quarterbacks are in fourth the fourth and one? Like 90%. percent. Yeah. It's just basic percentages. But credit to the Bengals for pulling out that win, 49ers. That is what I called. I mean, I didn't call it in the moment, but I wrote an article actually, you know, talking about kind of looking at the DVOA profiles of Super Bowl teams, seeing like what the cutoffs were. And like, I was like, yo, the Packers have the league's worst special teams. Like this, no team has ever gotten to the Super Bowl with a bottom four special team. Like forget winning it, like not even gotten there. And then they just collapsed on special teams. Like that was worst probably the worst teams performance uh, from DVOA perspective of the season. <laughs> yeah. Single game. Uh, and, the and, season. and they're the worst team already coming in, which was even more yeah. crazy. So yeah, it was a problem all year long. And then the Rams survive. Thank God. I had the Rams, the Rams yeah. tees. And I was like watching this, like, Oh man, Brady's world, man. Like just and fumble after fumble, melt after melt. But luckily they hit they hit cup and they hit him deep enough to where they could not come up short on a field goal. Um, so yeah, just uh, an incredible weekend of games. So every underdog in favorite almost won. Yeah, of course like the Bills. Basically, the final play, <laughs> if not for the thir- final thirteen seconds in Kansas City. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get on to the championship week Sunday six pack. Uh, before we jump in, uh, three quick notes. Number one, in case you're new here, please download the award-winning Action Network app. It's the top rated app for sports betters and lets you track every bet that you make. Speaking of the action app, uh, if you want to reference this episode, six pack picks anytime, just use the app's follow feature. Follow Sunday six pack. We track those picks there every Friday during the season. And finally, obviously, next week is the Super Bowl bye week. So the Action Network podcast will only have a Monday episode, but the following week, which is the week leading up to the Super Bowl, we'll have a bunch of great episodes featuring Stucky and I, uh, plus Sean Kerner, Raheem Palmer. Brandon Anderson, and we'll cover the game from top to bottom, including our favorite prop bets, long shots, and all that good shit. So don't worry. When it comes to betting on the Super Bowl, the Action Network podcast will have you covered. All right. Let's give the people what they want. Let's open the conference championship Sunday six-pack presented by our friends at Athletic Brewing Company. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday Six Pack. To add insult to injury, uh, that the failure for the Bills to cover also cost me uh, a tie with you. So you're still up a point heading into the divisional round. For this round, there's only obviously two games. So we'll each do a side and then we'll each do two props. I, I guess we could have done a total if we liked any, but uh, I'm I didn't kinda, like any total, yeah, so. I'm more in line with the total. So we're going to each do a side here and uh, and two props. So Stuck, you're up first. Where are you going? 
I'll give you a chance to come back make, and make it fun. People want to know props for this I don't like any totals either, but I've had two props this, this season and they're both tight ends, Swaim and then Kittle. And I think they combine for one catch. So hopefully we can do better. In the <laughs> I, I did kind of warn you about that indirectly. I was like, tight end. <laughs> I mean, Kittle's not a nobody tight end though. So it's like, it doesn't completely apply, but. I'll start off with the high level conference championships. By the way, I went back even further than action labs and i went back to the last 25 conference championships in each favorites 25 and 25 favorites of a touchdown or more eight and 11 overs by the way over that stretch 50 games 30 17 and three going over by more than a field goal per game it's a 64 percent clip this is something random i came across i don't think it means anything but if just throw it out there since it applies this week if you can make any sense of it oh it's been a good over week historically and if the if the road team's game went under the previous week, which happened in both games, then last week for both road teams, the over is 14-1-2 to the over. I think that's probably just noise, but I found it interesting. Since 1970, favorites of seven or more in conference championships, 32-5 and five straight up, but only 15-22 and 22 against the spread. Since 2001, if you want a more modern cut, in conference championships and Super Bowls, favorites of seven or more points. So both conference championships and Super Bowls, 19 and eight straight up, 70%, but only nine, 16 and two against the spread, 36%. And another relevant one for the 49ers, since the wild card round began in 1978, teams to play their third straight road game, which is the 49ers, are six and 12 against the spread and five and 13 straight up in the conference championship. Another one, if you want to keep in mind, the last one I'll throw out here, is one that I keep my eye on postseason favorites of more than a field goal. If they're trailing by more than a field goal at the half, they're 20 and 10 against the spread in the second half over the past 20 years. But let me go back to the third road game home teams in the conference championship that would all favor the Rams. But that leads me to my first pick of the conference championship weekend six pack. And I'm going with the, San Francisco 49ers plus three and a half at BetMGM. Here's the thing. All, I, I Throw all them out. I mean, the Rams didn't have a bye. They've both been traveling. And this could end up being, like we say, every time these two teams play here, a home game for the 49ers. Uh, I'll be curious to see what the, like, what the crowd looks like. But I would imagine at worst it's 50-50. And these tickets are insane, by the way, if you look on the secondary market. But I, I'm not going to make this – too difficult because I bet the 49ers against the Rams almost every time. It's just a great matchup for them. We always talk about this is when you want to back Jimmy G and Kyle Shannon as a dog. Jimmy G 15 and four against the spread as a dog covering by nine points per game. And by the way, he's 14 and five straight up as a dog. That's the best winning percentage of any quarterback in the Super Bowl era as an underdog. He's nine and two against the spread when getting three or more. Shanahan 18 and 10 against the spread as a road dog covering by three and a half points per game. He's also seven and three against the spread against McVay. McVay four and zero straight up as a dog over the past two seasons. Six and zero straight up the past three. He's won all five games where he's been a dog. He got swept in 2018 when the Rams were 13 and three and the 49ers were four and 12. The 49ers had Mullins and Beathard as their quarterbacks in those two games. It's just a great matchup for the 49ers. McVay has basically been Shanahan's son, and as I said, there's not much of a home crowd advantage here, if any. And there's familiarity. You know, it's a division game. The 49ers have been here plenty. So I make this home field advantage here. Zero. Nada. And I make these two teams essentially even in my power ratings. I actually did give the Rams a half a, a half a point. But I, you, could argue, you could argue zero. 
Um, regardless, I make the line around one. So I took the three and a half here. I think there's like home field being baked into this. I was looking at some look ahead lines for the Chiefs against the Rams. They were minus two and a half in the Super Bowl. And it, or excuse me, minus one and a half against the Rams and minus two and a half against the 49ers. I mean, that implies it's like a one point difference between these two teams. So what is the home field here? I don't get it. I don't think this line should be over a field goal. And you're going to hear this narrative. Oh, you can't beat the same team three, three times in a, in the same season. Well, since 2002 teams that swept the regular season have gone five and three straight up in the rematch of division teams in the playoffs. And one of those losses was uh, the saints to Tom Brady last year, which was, you know, that's Tom Brady. Yep. Yep. And, you know, it's just a really good matchup for the 49ers. Uh, it's, oh, but by the way, just, I didn't get this off my, off my chest for, because uh, so many people said it, the Bills deserve to lose because they didn't get a stop. Well, the Chiefs didn't get a stop before then. Sorry, I had to get my, get that off my chest. Um, but the, uh, the Rams only allowed one quarterback this year to average over nine yards per attempt. That was Jimmy G. He did it twice. They can attack the middle of the field. They can use the Rams' aggressiveness against them. Their defensive line is playing at such an elite level. That was the deciding factor in both meetings, I think, this year. You know, I just think that these two teams are essentially dead, even in a neutralish setting that both teams are really familiar with. So I'll take the field goal and the hook all day, every day here in a matchup the 49ers have owned. Uh, if I had a guess, Mike was out of field goal last couple minutes. Absolutely. Uh, I'm the only kind of silver lining for me that you took this pick is that if for some reason it doesn't work out, uh, I won't have lost, but I'll have, I'll still have lost. Cause I'll still be, I'm still going to play this. Um, you know, this is always my favorite spot to back Niners against the Rams. I can't believe we're getting more than a field goal. I mean, I know the Rams beat the bucks and that was impressive, but we've, and we've seen the Rams and this is kind of interesting because this is exactly what you don't want to do against the 49ers. We've seen the Rams kind of get up big early and then kind of, and you would think that's good against the 49ers. It makes them pass more, but they're still going to run. And we've seen the Rams kind of wilt late where it's like, you know, that Bucks game essentially was a toss up, you know, and Bucks, Bucks kind of like the Bills, I thought chose to play a bad defensive play on that cup play. But um, we saw them do it against the 49ers where they got up 17, nothing in week 18. So um, this Rams team talented, very good, but 49ers have the O line to protect. And on the other side, their four man rush is coming on real strong, which means you could drop seven. You know, that's the best way to kind of guard. But they're against. not blitzing. Yeah, they yeah. don't blitz. Yeah. That's what's, that's one of the reasons I like the Rams last week against the Bucks because they blitz. And guess what? Final play, they get the cup for some reason. Yeah. They're blitzing his man. Yeah, you have a kicker that just came out short 47. So, like, I can see the blitz if you're like playing Tucker. Right. Yeah. Like, and you're like, I can't let them have 15 or 10. Let me just try to get a negative play here. But that was pretty much the Rams had to get like 30, 35 yards for a comfortable field goal because their kicker who was hurt just came up short yeah. from 47. So and then blitzing cups, man, and knowing that Stafford's so good against the blitz. And that's like where his eyes are going to look right away first. Man, I, I mean, Bowles is great. No one's perfect. I disagree with that call. Obviously, it's hindsight twenty twenty. If he gets a sack and forces the fumble, everyone's like Bowles is a genius. But yeah, and that's one of the reasons I said, look, Stafford and these receivers, he's played really well against the Blitz. That's the 49ers will not and don't have to do here. Cup's gonna get his. That they yeah. gonna get his against oh, every, yeah. he's gonna get his against everybody. Absolutely. The thing about the four man rushers, and I've been, you know, kind of tracking this. San Francisco, they were pretty zone heavy throughout the year, but they've been able to play 
you know, just kind of drop seven on almost every play now. Like if you look back at the postseason, like they've become even more zone heavy. They're just dropping guys into coverage now. And yeah, and their D line, so it's like week yeah. nine has just they have they've found the pieces that have fit. And you know, they move like key inside and they move close to the left. And like their stunts and everything are just causing absolute havoc in opponents' backfields without having to blitz. And that's been one of the biggest turnouts. And then as we always talk about. Your D-line is playing at that high of a level. Your secondary, which is healthier now, doesn't have to be as good, and then they obviously work in tandem. Yeah. Um, do you think it's worth – I mean, do you think – we're not getting a four, right? Or do you think it's worth waiting? I, I don't – I think that there's home field baked into here. There's also maybe uncertainty with Jimmy G's injuries because, like, he didn't have to do much. But he made some okay throws. I wasn't – and it was in the cold – some terrible but, ones, many terrible there was some ones. Terrible ones, but there were some drops too. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, Kittle, Kittle. Yeah, oh. like uh, Jimmy G's always gonna have a couple terrible throws, and that was in the cold. I was like, whatever injuries he has, you know, that was a week, a week ago, once the game starts. So I didn't see anything where I was like, all right, this guy can't really throw the ball, and I think that's part maybe why that's baked in the line. But I think eventually this closes three, so I would yeah. grab the three and a half. Yeah. Um, all right. For my first pick in the second overall of the championship round six-pack, I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals plus seven and a half at BetMGM against the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, I make this line closer to five. Uh, I think this is a massive number for the Chiefs, even as good as they played, you know, on offense against the Bills there. Uh, I still think this Bengals team has some advantages when it comes to playing the Chiefs. First of all, the Chiefs, their scheme just, you know, and they do switch it up a little bit, but their scheme still relies on more man coverage than almost every team in the NFL. They play the sixth most man this year, including the playoffs. Cincinnati, uh, an NFL high 11.4 yards per targeted pass attempt against man coverage. We know they shred uh, man coverage here. So, uh, I, you know, and you can see some blitzes with that. Um, but also you just look at how these teams have played this year and then what that meant for the first game. Cause you, you know, kind of, looked at Kansas city and said, you know, it's probably going to be closer than people think in that, in that first matchup. And Cincinnati ends up outgaining them 475 to 414 yards per play, Cincinnati, seven and a half, Kansas city, 7.1. So Cincinnati has proven that it can kind of do this. Now, obviously that was in Cincinnati. So it's going to be a switch now with Cincinnati going on a road for the first time, but you like, even with that win against Buffalo, which we know could have gone either way. Kansas City against teams that made the, the other three final four teams. They played Buffalo twice, uh, Tennessee once, Cincinnati once. They're now one and three. They've been outscored 135 to 96. Obviously, you go one and three, you get the overtime win against Buffalo. So none of the wins have come by seven or, or more in those four games. Kansas City's played 19 games this year. Uh, a lot not as against not as good competition as Cincinnati. Only eight have ended with a KC win by eight or more. Uh, meanwhile, Cincinnati's played 19 games. Only two have ended with losses of eight or more. Only three have ended with losses by more than three. So even when the Bengals get outplayed, it's Joe Burrow, it's Jamar Chase, it's T. Higgins, it's Tyra Boyd. They can get a back door. That's why I'm surprised this number is quite as high as it is um, because the Bengals are a live dog, to, I think, to win the game. But 
uh, they could certainly get a back door. I mean, we saw the Bills, you know, drive down the field in, in ridiculous situations last week. I think the, the Bengals can do some of that. Obviously, you know, the pass protection is going to be key, but I think it's a good thing that happened that the, the pass protection breakdowns happened last week against Tennessee, uh, which was kind of why I was on Tennessee. I figured Tennessee would have a major edge up front, but uh, I think now you can kind of scheme, you know, maybe you get the ball out of Burrow's hands a little quicker. I think some of the man coverage will also dictate his throws a little bit quicker. So uh, I don't necessarily expect eight sacks, but he's, the man still went for over 300. Did Joe Burrow, uh, even with all those sacks, obviously back him up, gets you get more yards. He like but, nine times. Oh, nine. Sorry, nine. I must have missed one. Um, yeah, nine sacks. So it's a good thing that happened last week when, when Tennessee puts up only 16 because you're going to need more than that, obviously, to beat the Chiefs. But I think they'll be able to adjust some things. You know, maybe they'll, maybe this is the Uzoma under week. Maybe they leave him in a block a little more. Maybe it's Nixon, you know, but they'll be able to do some things. You know, I thought they, that, that one play where they got the quick pass to chase and he went for like 50. Uh, I think you can kind of, you can implement more of that. You don't always have to go deep with them, uh, especially when you still got Higgins and, and, and Boyd can, can be in the intermediate as well. So um, I think this, this line is just way too big. That Chief should obviously be favored. I jinxed the last two last two times I was on the pod. I had the team, I had a team that I was picking, which I usually don't do, and I, I jinxed it. So I'm going the opposite way. We'll give Mahomes his props because he had a massive game, one of my favorite games, even though I was pissed that at the outcome. But I just think this is way too many points for a team that's lost by eight or more twice all season long and has a is just like one of the biggest threats besides maybe the Chiefs and Bills for a backdoor cover. Yeah, I agree. I'm just trying to decide if it's going to go to seven and a half. I will be on the Bengals at seven or more. I'm, I'm closer to on five, five and a half. Look, I, there's a big misconception out there that the Bengals, and I was on the Bengals plus five and a half. It closed around a field goal yeah, at same. home. And their, their, their home field is worth almost nothing. You can give the Chiefs two if you want, and you're around five and a half, six from that close. And the, but there's a, and the Bengals won that game. There's this big misconception. Oh, the refs handed the game to the Bengals. Complete uh, asinine. There was, yeah, the, the Chiefs had a butt. They had a, a garbage horse car. They called three PIs on the Chiefs. Should have been about nine. If you go back and watch that game, they were playing extremely physical. I think they just said, look, we're going to try to get away with as many as we can. I will say that Bill Vinovich was my favorite ref in the NFL is doing this game. He barely calls any penalties. Now he has a new crew, but we'll see. They mix and match the guys for his crew. So it's not the same crew he had all year, but he tends to err on the side of caution. Um, but if you look at that game, can we talk? No one mentions that. Yeah, if you look at the win probability added because of a penalty, yeah, it's going to look like the rest of the side of the game because there was a penalty on a fourth down, which basically gave the, the Bengals a new set of downs, which basically went from, okay, Mahomes getting the ball back 50 50 to 100% chance the Bengals are going to win on that one call. So yeah. if you look at win probability added on, and it was a penalty. But can we talk about Mahomes had two, two throws in the second half with drop picks? Two wide open drop picks by the Bengals. So I think that the you know, no one talks about that. Um, or the yeah, Mahomes only threw for two, like two fifty nine in that game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like held held Kelsey and Hill under combined under six yards per catch. Not no other team this year held them to under seven. So they actually did a pretty good job, and they made them. I mean, they, look, the Bengals disguise their coverage as well. They have really good safeties, so they're pretty you know veteran corners who can be beat, and they can be beat over the middle of the field. They've been playing better in that respect of late. Thanks, Jeff Swain. But they're not going to give up a ton of explosive plays. They're going to make the Chiefs work for it, just like the Bills did. That's all the, that's, that was the cap last week. And Mahomes didn't make any mistakes, and he was great. But it was all just one to eight yard passes the entire day. Um, and then, you know, yak after the catch until that final drive. That's what the Bengals are going to do here. And then they're going to try and make, make Mahomes make a mistake or two. 
that's basically what this is. But the, the Bengals won that game fair and square. And people are going to say, is the Chiefs defense fixed? They were people were the Chiefs defense is back. And I said, look, it's not the worst. I've been saying this. All, it's not the worst defense in the NFL anymore. But th- people are saying, like, this is a good defense now. No, this defense is trash. It's a trash defense. Look, here's who they've played since week eight when everyone says they've been fixed. And when I and I've been saying that they were fixed, but when I'm when I say fixed, I mean from like 31st to like 23rd or 24th best in the league. They appear the defenses, the, the, the top offenses that they faced. You got to remember they played the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They played the Cowboys without all their receivers. They played the Bills. Bills put up 36, lost in overtime. The Chargers put up 28, lost in overtime. The Bengals gained put like up a, super, a shitload of yards too. The Chargers gained yeah. a shitload of yards in that game. And you know the only other two two full strength offenses that they faced that are in the top. 15 DVOA, the Broncos, who who were just going up and down the field, even with Drew Locke. Um, there are other games that they played. They played the Steelers twice, the Giants, the shorthanded Packers, and the shorthanded Cowboys. And every other team, legit offense at full strength, has easily put up 28 through 36 with ease. So I don't see why the Bengals can't get to 21-24 with ease. And if the Chiefs are at 31-34, the Bengals can get a backdoor. I think the Bengals could have a shot to win this game if Mahomes makes a mistake. You got to remember, this is still a Chiefs team offense that has been inconsistent. And everyone says, well, it, wait a minute, they don't try in certain weeks. Like they, It just takes one or two interceptions. It could be a tip ball. It doesn't have to be a Mahomes mistake. And the Bengals can capitalize. I think, I think turnovers are going to be massive in this game. And Mahomes, look, the 15-16-1 against the spread as a favorite of a seven or more, including the postseason, eight and 11, the past two seasons. That speaks a lot to the defense burrow in his career, 10 and two against the spread as a dog of at least three points, 83.3% covering by about five points per game. Maybe there's a tiny chiefs hangover, like just emotional. Like, are right, we got through the bills? We're going to the super bowl. I don't know. You wouldn't think that in arrowhead, but teams coming off an OT win in the playoffs. You would think that, ah, oh, sigh of relief. They're just three and 11 straight up and five and nine against the spread the week after for whatever that's worth. But I would say that's a great stat because I I was going to, I didn't even mention it, but the the Bengals played Saturday. They, and their defense, the Titans only had like about what? 54 plays. I think it was, Uh, you know, so they're, they're going to, they have the extra day, their defenses. And that's really what it is because the bills and chiefs defenses were both gas. And, you know, by the time we got to overtime, but the chiefs bills played Sunday night. So they played the last game. The Bengals played the first game on Saturday. So like the rest disadvantages maximized toward the Bengals because the chiefs not only played this emotionally draining game, but they played the last game and they played a shit ton of snaps. And like got, you know, even on offense guys are probably exhausted. I mean, you know, Hill and Kelly, everything's after the catch. Right. So it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, from that perspective, I mean, is that worth maybe a half a point? Maybe. I mean, given those numbers, I mean, it could, it could be, you know, given that those, what is it? Three and 11, you said yep. that, that's a great, yeah, that's a great stat. We'll talk rematch of non-division teams. We already talked the rematch of division teams. Teams that sweep actually have had the edge in the third meeting in the playoffs. Well, teams that won the regular season meeting between non-division teams. So they only met once and they're meeting again in the playoffs. They're four and two this year between non-division teams, you know, 13 seconds away from five and one teams that won the first meeting historically 33 and 19 in the postseason between non-division teams. Sure. Yeah. Straight up. There you go. I think that the Bengals can hang around here with their offense. They're on the, like you said, they're on the road for their second straight game, but they get an extra day. They extra day of prep rest. It's not crazy travel and neither team had a buy, right? Neither team had a buy to start. So, and Barrow has been in these environments like Arrowhead or whatever they call it now is, is the, 
one of the loudest, if not the loudest, I think it's the loudest in the entire NFL. But Barrow's played in all these big games his entire career, especially in the SEC national championships. He won't be phased by this. Got to give props to Mahomes. I mean, you're going against the greatest quarterback in the world who's seven and one at home in the playoffs, 23 touchdowns, one interception, 318 yards per game, passing 120 quarterback rating. But there's a difference between winning this game, which I think the Chiefs ultimately will, and covering seven, which also speaks to some of the deficiencies yeah. on the Kansas City's defensive side. I do think Tony Badger will play. He's in concussion protocol, but worth mentioning. The most interesting dynamic for me is, you know, so I think the Bengals are just going to say, okay, Chiefs, try to drive up and down the field methodically. We're going to take away the explosive play. I don't think that that's – they're going to have some disguised looks, which they do a really good job of. They do a really good job of mixing up their, all their different coverages. Will the Chiefs blitz? That's the big thing. So you don't blitz Burrow. You don't play man against Burrow, but they did it in the first meeting, and he absolutely roasted them. Burrow, tennis to tightly. So the first two teams that the Burrow played, they don't blitz. The Titans and Raiders never blitz, and it's actually not a great matchup for Burrow. But the Titans decided to blitz uh, 10 times last week. Barrow went 10 of 10 for 192 yards. Uh, Why? Only sacked, only sacked once. Um, so I think that the the interesting adjustment will be that the Chiefs, because the Bengals' offensive line has been a mess, I think that the Chiefs might play coverage more, not blitz as much. The other thing I'm trying to figure out is, does Zach Taylor come out and say, I'm going to try to run it and then play keep away? Which normally I would say that's awful. But, like, in a way, if you do that early – because the Chiefs' run defense is so bad. I don't like that approach, but by, like, default and because of the Chiefs' run defense, it might end up working out. But I want Burrow in empty sets. That's basically how they can pass protect. Burrow in empty sets this year has been elite, nine, nine and a half yards per attempt compared to eight non-empty sets. In the playoffs this year, he's been sacked once in an empty set, ten times in a non-empty set. He's 12-14 passing in an empty set. So I think that's you got to spread them out. You got to spread the defense out, and then you know you got to dare the Chiefs to blitz you, or they don't, and then Barrow can kind of diagnose where he's going to go with the ball. So yeah, I completely agree with you here. Um, I'm waiting to just I'm glancing at the market to see, I'm trying to diagnose. Okay, do I think this is going to tick up to seven and a half? Late it's at seven and a half. It's at seven and a half. I've been to Jim right now. That's the oh, pick. Sweet. Well, it's uh okay. no, I'm I'm at this point I'm holding out maybe we get an eight i mean maybe we can buy up to an eight or something like this line is already at seven and a half which is i'm gonna take some zav i would add i would add eight eight and a half i'll I'll add a little bit but i think that i don't i don't want to risk missing the seven and a half yeah and then it gets like kind of like the niners right yeah same thing with the seven and a half and three and a half here but that'll bring me to my second pick of the conference championship weekend six pack i'm gonna go with tyler boyd over 38 and a half reception yards so you know what to do, bet the under. Um, but when I the way that I look at this game, and by the way, he's had 160 consecutive targets from in the slot without a drop. The way that I look at this game is I, I think that the Bengals are going to go a lot of empty set formations. And by the way, like you can pretty much project, well, you would know better than me, but like Higgins, Chase, and boy, they're probably they're gonna get like around equal amount of snaps, right? Like if you look last week, yep. they all got like 38 snaps in the first half. And then like I think Chase got like three more for the game. I can give you the and exact the route numbers actually. Like I, I usually look at route participation, which is the percentage of dropbacks that they run a route. So last week, Chase 98%, Higgins 98%, Boyd 96%. Yeah. So and then if you look at what okay, what did the Chiefs do last week? They said 
we got to take away digs and they basically were bracketing him and then saying he's not going to beat us and then davis had like seven thousand yards so i think that they're going to try and say okay i mean after the first game i mean what did chase have in the first game like 266 11 266. of 12 11 of 12 for 266 they have no one that can cover him one-on-one i mean not, not many people do at all so I think that you're going to get a you're going to get safety help. You're going to get a lot of attention there, and I think that's going to open up some opportunities for Boyd, who's just very reliable. I think this number is very low just because of the flashiness of like Chase and then Higgins, who's so good as well. But I think that Boyd's going to kind of sneak under the radar here. I think I think he's going to get like four or five targets. He doesn't drop balls. He's not going to go for like 80 after catching one although he did against the Dolphins, I think, earlier this year. But I think a lot of attention on Chase here. I think Boyd can be part of that benefactor. And, uh, yeah, so give me the over there, which I think probably should be like – I don't know. He averaged 50 receiving yards yeah, a game a, during the regular season. Take away season. about three and a half. Yeah, so take away and, about three and a half. Let's get about yeah, – median around 46, 47. Yeah, I was going to say around 45. And then, yeah. like, I have – I'm going to have a bet on the Bengals. So then there's also, like – Correlation. Some, but there's also like anti-correlation as well. It's like if the Bengals don't have a chance to cover seven or they get blown out, like they're just going to be chucking it more and going faster and just throwing it and throwing it. So the game state is, you know, just based on the line is going to be the Bengals having to throw. And then there's a good chance that the Bengals are throwing from behind at the end where the Chiefs are playing even softer. So there's even opportunities there. But I just think all the attention on Chase here, which is what you have to do. It's going to open up some opportunities for Boyd. So give me Boyd over receiving yards over 38, 45 ish, I think would be a more, a fair, more fair number here. Yeah. I have them projected uh, for their medians. Uh, I have chase uh, around 80 Higgins, 72 Boyd, 48 uh, Uzoma, 34. Uh, most of those other lines are kind of in line with the market. Um, but Boyd is the one that's kind of, you know, do you like, like Boyd too? Yeah. I, I, may, I may very well be honest. I think it's just, it's just a matter of, like his actual median over the last few games is lower. So I think that's, yeah. I think the books are just using like, I don't know exactly what their formula is, but I think it's something where they're not looking at full season or probably looking at like last six, last eight, something, something to that uh, extent. So. But you um, also had two games that went well under that were complete, completely different. Yeah. Games that I think this is going to be as well. No, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, that their game plan on digs, I thought was good, but that opened up. I mean, it's, if it's not Boyd, it's going to be T Higgins. Like it's, it, yep. Jamar Chase will probably be around his number. I mean, maybe he goes for another like 150. I don't know, but um, he'll probably be closer to his real number. It's hard to really hold him far under, I think, regardless. But uh, I think one of the other two guys, maybe even Uzoma, but uh, one of one of Higgins and Boyd, I think, has a big game. And Boyd's Talk number is ends. off. Yeah. <laughs> The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. 
So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. For my second pick in the fourth overall of the championship week Sunday six pack. I'm going Cam Akers under 60 and a half rushing yards against the 49ers. We talked about this matchup already. One of the reasons why the Rams haven't been able to have as much success against San Francisco on the offensive side of the ball is because their offense is kind of driven by their running game and they just haven't been able to run on San Francisco. And that's not surprising because San Francisco's second in run defense DVOA Rams running backs in the two games combined 97 yards on 35 carries. So that's a 48 and a half yards per game by the running backs. And this number is 12 yards, you know, 13 yards higher. You need really to get over that just with Cam Akers alone. And I think, you know, Cam Akers got 92% of the, the backfield carries last week. You know, Sony Michelle was, he actually was more involved in their pass game than he was in a run game, but Cam Akers, 24 carries, just 48 yards last week against another stout run defense. So there's an out here, even if Cam Akers gets like 20, 25 touches, you know, like he had five for three in the, in the last matchup against the Niners, but there's an out here, even if he gets like a massive workload, but you know, he fumbled a couple of times, he's still coming back. And you know, that last game was so inefficient that I think maybe McVay goes and says, okay, you know, like, let's split this up a little more evenly, like 92%. That's, that's hard for even like a Derrick Henry or somebody to get you know, consistently. So I think acres will be closer to like 75% in terms of the carries, uh, which would leave them, you know, in the fifties, you know, it's like a median, but I, I think even if he gets like a full, you know, 20, 25 touch workload, which also the Rams have to be winning for that to, to happen as well. Uh, I think they're going to try to throw uh, on the Niners a little more than, than, than they did even against the Bucks because the Niners run defense has been even better than the Bucks this year. Um, so I think you have a lot of outs here. Uh, for Cam Akers under 60 and a half rushing yards. I like it. Yeah, that's one of the keys to this 49ers, their front, and they can stop the Rams rushing attack, which is what McVay builds everything off of. And they don't have to commit to many other guys, and then they're not blitzing, and then you can't, you know, McVay likes to kind of prey on that aggressiveness when, all right, everyone's coming up trying to stop them. The 49ers don't have to do that. Yep. Um, so, all right, uh, for my third pick and the fifth Overall of the conference championship weekend six pack. I'm going with Jimmy G under two and a half rushing yards. This bet seems just miserable. I got to watch this entire game <laughs> and hope that Jimmy G doesn't have one scramble. So now I know why, what it's like to bet props. Who wants to bet these unders? That's usually why they have some value. I remember my greatest prop win, by the way, was when I wrote it up. Cause I'm not a prop player. Uh, I wrote it up for the action network app. Like it was, Eagles Bucks. This was like when we first started. And I had this like, I just wrote this is my favorite prop. It was a standalone article about Brady over uh one and a half rushing yards, like plus some money. And he like towards the end of the first half, like stumbled forward for two yards, and I went crazy. And then I was like, Oh shit, I got I gotta sweat. Like, I gotta remember I gotta sweat. Downs. Uh, 
kneel downs, but they, I think they ended up losing. But, and Brady, um, Brady's actually good at like getting zero yard kneel downs. Like he gets those like, like as close yeah. as it can be to the line. <laughs> yep. It's not Mahomes. Um, right. So yeah, I'm going with Jimmy G under two and a half rush yards for what it's worth. Over the last three games, he has zero for zero yards, one for one yard, and one for one yard. Why that's important, I mean, if you go back for his season stats, he's, you know, he has 38 carries for 51 yards. Um, but he had a game against the Eagles where he ran it 11 times for 20 yards. Um, but, you know, over the second half of the season, he's been trending way down in that department. But I don't really care about that. I really care about this particular game and the fact that Jimmy G is dealing with injuries. And I do not think that they want him running at all. Like it's throw the ball away. Also, as much as I want to yell for quarterback sneaks, I don't think you're getting quarterback sneaks here with, you know, a hurt shoulder or hurt thumb. Like you're going to get maybe some, and it scares me with Shanahan. Like I, I'm going to want him to sneak it. Maybe he brings it to Lance to sneak the ball on a fourth and one, but you're probably going to get everything else. And hopefully he doesn't put the, uh, he did sneak it. He did try to sneak it with Jimmy when he had, when he put Trent Williams in uh, for the for to win the game. So you could say it like maybe to win the game, but I just don't think Jimmy G's gonna be running much. Rams play a lot of zone, so it's yeah. not like he's gonna be dropping back and then like everyone is gone down the field. And I mean, look, Jimmy G's not uh, prime Mike Vick, and then he's gonna have this you know avenue to take off. I don't think there's gonna be many opportunities to do that. Um, and I actually think the 49ers have a really good chance to win the game. Three kneel downs. So you could yep. get some kneel downs as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that this – it's fun prop, and I think that there's a good chance it goes under when you consider the matchup on who they're playing and then the fact that he's dealing with an injury. So I think that he knows that he's probably being instructed to, like, okay, instead of running for two yards and, like, maybe getting hit, just, like, throw it away, Jimmy G under two and a half. Let's have some fun. I mean, throw it away, not not to the other team, because because that's been Correct. his issue. Okay. It's like we'll hopefully, have, we'll have hopefully they tell him not to like you know run it instead of throwing it to the other team. But no, uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a that's a sharp thing. Like anytime you see the zone defenses, uh, I think that helps because again, like you said, all eyes are going to be on the quarterback. So these guys like Carr and Jimmy, who might get a scramble or two in like you know man heavy defenses, usually aren't going to get those even one against a, a defense like this. So it's all going to come down to number one, like you said, quarterback sneaks which he might need two quarterback sneaks, you know, to get, yep. uh, and, and then, you know, kneel downs. If he gets even one kneel down, uh, you're probably good. So yeah, that's a, that's actually a sharp play. All right. For my third and final pick, the sixth overall of the championship week, Sunday, six pack, I'm going with Van Jefferson over 29 and a half receiving yards. Uh, this is another one where it kind of like Tyler Boyd. Uh, he's had some bad games lately, and that's kind of driven the number down. I'm surprised it's this low. Um, he's still been over in 13 of 19 games this season. So that's a, a pretty high rate, just kind of taking out, you know, all the recency bias and just looking at the season-long numbers. Uh, but the key for Jefferson is, and that's why I have him projected way over this, he's run uh, a route on 86% of dropbacks in the first playoff game, 95% of the dropbacks last playoff game, and his median for the season's 89. So, like, I know he's had some bad games and he's like their fourth or fifth option a lot of weeks, but people don't realize that this guy's on the field every snap. And he's not like a Demarcus Robinson where he's going to get like no targets. Like, he's still going to get targets and he's still, he could get this in one catch. Um, so, Stafford's passing prop this week is around 280, which I think is fair. Uh, he would only need about 10 to 11% of Stafford's yardage 
to get over that. And again, he can get over that on one single catch. I think the Rams are going to have to throw uh, a little more against San Francisco. I talked about their run, uh, their struggles running the ball earlier. And they've only, they only averaged 17 and a half runs by, by backs in those, in the two games against San Francisco. So um, you could kind of expect them just by necessity to have to go run heavy here. And then we're kind of building in the fact that both of us think this line is too big, you know, which means that the Rams may be in some more negative game script than you think, you know, um, because we think this line should be closer to, you know, one or two and the Rams are three and a half point favorites. So I just think that all of these kind of confound uh, factors that are kind of combining to make books kind of post this number way too low for Van Jefferson. So over 29 and a half receiving for Jefferson. Any, any issues? He has like a semi knee injury. Any concern there? No, nah, I think he's going to, I mean, unless like if he's, you can obviously wait, but the fact that it, the, the prop is posted, if he doesn't play, you get no action. So if he, if he plays, he's going to be out there, yeah. you know, like they're I'm not, not going to play. If he plays, if he plays one snap, right. Then, yeah. then it's action. Is that how it works? Yeah. 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 I mean, damn. So what can, if, he if, we, if, if he gets he ruled could. out, if we gets ruled out, uh, can, can I get like a, <laughs> I don't know, whatever. It's fine. I, I'll just go with it. I, I don't think he's getting ruled out. I mean, they wouldn't have posted. If he gets prop. ruled out, uh, you'll, you'll tweet out or I'll retweet you to what you're, Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, because I, I'm pretty like you. If you bet this and he doesn't play, you'll you won't lose your money. Like that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And and if yeah, he does, yeah. I think it's a great line. So, that's gonna do it for the conference championship weekend six pack. To recap, Stuck is going with the Niners plus three and a half. Tyler Boyd over thirty eight and a half receiving yards, and Jimmy Garoppolo under two and a half rushing yards. I'm going with. The Cincinnati Bengals plus seven and a half. Cam Akers under 60 and a half rushing yards and Van Jefferson over 29 and a half receiving yards. That no, by the way, one question before before you yep. close out. Money aside for uh-huh. this weekend, it could now you, your answer could involve potential money or something that you would see for the Super Bowl, but I don't have any futures, but maybe you like would love a proper aside. Uh, if you your preferred Super Bowl matchup, what do you want to say? I think I want to see a Cincinnati San Francisco Super Bowl because two wow, reasons. Early nineties vibes. Is that early yep. late eighties, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. I think you had two of them. I think you had two of them. You have that in play, but you also have, I think that would mean like Joe Burrow has a chance to arrive in year two. And I just think that's fascinating. Like I love Burrow. Uh, I, th- I find it. And then on the other side, uh, you know, I think it's still going to be tougher for the Niners to beat the Chiefs. You know, it's <laughs> like uh, I think the the Bengals are a little more beatable for the Niners. And that gives Jimmy G a chance to win one. And then, like, what's the narrative if he wins that Super Bowl? Like, you know, is like what's going on with Trey Lance? Like what, what's going on if Jimmy G has now one Super Bowl and he's already been twice in like his, you know, only a few full seasons as a starter? Because well, most of the years he was hurt, he was hurt. So it's like every year he's like a, a full on starter. It's like they go to the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, there's just all these kind of narratives at play on the Niners side. So I'd like them to be in like a, a winnable game where like the spread is probably not going to be further than like, you know, a couple of points, but probably not even going to be a field goal if they play the Bengals. So yeah, that's what I'll go with. How about you? Yeah. And then with the, the Rams where they play at home, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's basically where the 49ers play at home too. I'll go 49ers Bengals too. We'll get some new blood in there. And, and the Bengals remind me, a lot like they've been getting for, a little fortunate with turnovers and third down. Like the defense is playing up, but they remind me a lot about of the some of the old Ravens teams, like yeah. um, like t- not dominant defense like 2001 Ravens, like 2012 Ravens when they won the Super Bowl. But there was a couple Ravens teams with Flacco that like would go on runs in the playoffs, would go to Foxborough, 
and no one would give them a chance. They'd always be catching seven points. I'd always bet them, and they'd always cover, and they'd win about 50% of the time. I'm getting a lot of vibes, the same vibes from those teams of this Bengals team. There's just something going on with them right now. And uh, we'll see. Who day has never lost a cup. It's Burrow, man. It's Burrow, man. Like, that's what's going on with them. Big game Burr. Big game Burr. It's Um, Burrow and Chase, man. And these dudes, the crazy thing is they've been here before. They've done this together before. Like, they've been in big games before. Obviously, different stage. But, yeah, man, I would love to see them. And then, I mean, like, I like the Rams. Joe Cool. Joe Cool Flacco. Joe Cool Burrow. And then it's like, imagine if like Jimmy G's the one to end Burroughs like run like that. Like, yeah. I, I just want to see the narrative because like Jimmy G gets so much hate. Right. And it's like, yeah, he makes some disgusting throws, but like his record is great. You mentioned his record as an underdog is great. He's always there. He's got the like Foxborough under Brady experience. So like at one point, everyone did think he was going to be like that next elite quarterback. So like, I, I just would love to see the narratives if Jimmy G won, but like, I mean, yeah, then you got to pay him and then, yeah, or you don't. And then do you trade Lance? Like, I don't know what, that's crazy. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the most like Shanahan thing ever? Like Shanahan get cute thing ever, like win the Super Bowl with Jimmy G and then, and then let him go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, just a lot. That would be real fun. But I mean, after this weekend, it's hard to. Any any matchup would be so would be great because I mean we already got treated to like four Super Bowls almost like this divisional yeah. round was just insane so and that concludes our conference championship Sunday six pack presented by Athletic Brewing Company whose innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol from IPAs to stouts to golden ales and more they offer a full selection of craft brews starting at only fifty calories with two custom breweries in Connecticut and California they've created a lineup of styles loaded with accolades including the 2020 World Beer Award gold medal for their flagship IPA Run Wild. With full flavor, low calories, and no chance of a hangover, Athletics Brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime and anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and get free shipping when you order two or more six-packs and enjoy 10% off your order with promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. Cheers. All right, uh, we're out of here, Stuck. Uh, You can follow Stucky at Stucky2 on Twitter. You can also follow him at the same handle uh, in the Action Network app. The same is true for me. I'm at Twitter and the Action app at Chris Raybon. That's R-A-Y-B-O-N. And be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, and we'll give out some more swag uh, on the next show uh, for for, uh, some reviews that we pick. So keep doing it. Thanks for listening. Let's get this money. Let's go.